hello, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I am so glad you're here uh, to join us today. For those of you that are new, we have been doing this show since 2011. I can't believe how the time just flies. And we are all about shifting dementia care around the world from crisis to comfort. So if you're looking to learn new techniques and tips and resources, please subscribe today and push it out to your your friends and family as well. And we would love to help you live graciously alongside dementia. I'm Lori LeBay, and I'm the host of the show. And I'm also a daughter of a mother who lived with the disease for 30 years. So I get the guilt, the isolation, the frustration, the panic, um, the exhaustion that can come for caring for someone living with dementia. But I've also found that path of joy and purpose and peace and passion. And so we want to be able to lift you up, um, especially this month. It's World Alzheimer's Month. And if you haven't read the new report put out by Alzheimer's Disease International, go to our main website, alzheimerspeaks.com, and you can grab it from there or go to our blog. We've got it there. We also have listed the World Dementia Council survey that is out um, and up and running until September 30th. And they want to know what people are doing to become dementia friendly. They're trying to gather research and different forums and projects um, around the world. And so even if you don't have research base, but if you can explain um, why you feel what you're doing is helpful, they would love to hear from you. I also want to give a shout out to the Memory Cafes. They are near and dear to my heart as we helped launch them in uh, the U.S. years ago. And we've got over, I want to say it's close to 750 of them now in the United States. And those are um, support groups. And I hate to even call them support groups because they're really peer groups where you find a community where you feel like you belong and there's no shame or guilt or embarrassment. Everybody understands everyone's situation and it's for people with dementia and their care partners. So these true friendships are really built and all of them are a little bit different, but you can get more information by going to memorycafedirectory.com. They have the list not only for the U.S., but they're also developing them for other countries as well. And last, I want to shout out to uh, Stall Catchers, which is just such a fun game to play. And when you're playing this game, you are actually analyzing real Alzheimer's research data. So you're pushing, you're pushing the ball forward there, and you can just go to stallcatchers.com to find out more information about that. Another thing people may not know about us here at Alzheimer's Speaks is, is not only do we raise voices through the radio show, um, through our blog and YouTube channel and, and speaking and training, but we are also known as a media platform um, to help companies expand their brand footprint by leveraging all of our different um, content and um, helping to increase the awareness of, of your products services and tools because so many people are in need of them. And of course, I would be amiss if I didn't thank our listeners. Your likes, your clicks, and shares have made our base way bigger than I ever even could imagine. And I, I just totally love our job uh, here because it's so interesting talking with people around the world who are living with dementia, who are family members, who are 
business professionals um, making an impact, advocates, singers, songwriters, movie directors, you name it, um, researchers, the list goes on. So thank you. Thank you all so much. Um, now, today you can also call in if you'd have any questions or comments, feel free. The number is 323-870-4602, 323-870-4602, and we will do our best to answer your questions. We try to stay pertinent to the topics that we're talking about, unless I'm doing an open mic, which is not today. So let me go ahead and and um, introduce you to our guest today. I'm really excited because today we're going to be talking about a family who's been living with dementia, and they have decided to redefine memory care. And um, I, I just think that that is such a cool, cool aspect that they are doing. Um, Karen Parks um, is the founder and COO of Parks Place, and her family, they have been just profoundly touched by Alzheimer's. In addition to Karen's mother and grandmother dealing with the disease, her husband, Jerry, has lived with the disease for 19 years. And yes, I said 19 years. Karen has worked to create a new uh, paradigm shift for memory care. While she's raised four kids and worked many years as an elementary school teacher as well. So she's now beginning this new chapter in her life and, um, you know, really looking forward to hearing more about about um, Parks Place. So thank you for joining us, Karen. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having us. This is just really an exciting time to be able to talk um, about our home, um, especially our grand opening is going to be on um, October 13th. So this is just like a fabulous time to be able to just celebrate how far we've come. So Thank you for having us. Well, good. Well, why don't we go ahead and get started? And I want to throw um, a question out to you, and then I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, pull Caitlin in. Um, but this is something that I always ask everyone who's on the show, and that is, have you been personally touched by dementia? If so, how has that affected you? And I already said you've been touched, but if you can just um, tell people maybe a little more personal aspect of how how that's impacted your life? Well, it's um, it's sort of taken on a life of its own. It's um, it's um, as you had said. I've been dealing with the aspects of memory loss for 19 years, and so it has um, definitely impacted every parts of our lives, from my children's growing up and teenage years and to the point where we are now where the family has come together and we are building this memory care home for others. And um, we've had lots of different experiences. Um, our journey actually started in 2000 uh, when Jerry was first showing some signs of memory loss and I had him taken in and, and had him tested he, at the time, he was a vice president of a large construction company, and I was the stay-at-home mom for our four teenagers. Um, like I said, nearly 20 years ago, uh, doctors at that point were not uh, diagnosing Alzheimer's in someone so young, so we basically left that appointment and, with no diagnosis 
or help. And it was probably one of the most frustrating times because we had no support. Um, and then in 2006, um, after Jerry had more testing, he was diagnosed with young onset Alzheimer's. Um, when we first received that diagnosis, there was very limited resources for those that were um, so young. Uh, but Jerry decided um, early on that he wanted to stay positive, And we made it our mission then to try to improve the path for others that um, were also on this journey. So um, Jerry quickly got into medical trials. He volunteered and participated in medical research trials at Mayo and also on an exercise research study at the U of M. Uh, We also traveled to Washington, D.C. with the Alzheimer's Association six years in a row to lobby for more funding for Alzheimer's research. Um, We were also asked to testify in front of the National Social Security Department um, where um, because the Alzheimer's Association was trying to help those of us with Alzheimer's um, to get Alzheimer's to be called a compassionate allowance so that others could receive their disability insurance quicker. At the time, we had been uh, waiting for two and a half years and had not received any of Jerry's disability checks. Wow. And since then, yeah, uh, since then, the new friends that I have met along the way, um, when they hear that, you know, we had waited for that long and they said that, you know, they had no idea and they didn't realize that now they just take took it for granted because they got their um, disability checks within weeks. But um, it was all because of this um, testimony that we did in Chicago. Not just me. There were many of us who gave testimony, but it was um, a lot of us who came forward and just said, we've got to change what's happening with Alzheimer's diagnosis. Families are being impacted so personally. And um, I'm very happy to say that that um, those head people from the Social Security Department heard our plea and they did change that and it is now a national, or it is now a compassionate allowance. Wonderful. Well, um, thank you for yeah. all of that. Holy cow. Um, you you know, it's, it's nice when you can you know, take something that, you know, you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy and say, okay, let's just make a difference for the next guy. And this, this can be improved, you know, and, and really take that positive spin that, that Jerry had and you had to say, you know, we can make this better um, and, um, and put some actions because what a huge impact. I mean, I remember hearing so many people having to apply three and four times you know, to try to get their benefits and getting denied and mm-hmm. it was costing them money to do that. Plus they, you know, they were losing money yep, in the lawyers. long run. And, oh, it's horrible. It's just horrible. So thank you. Well, let me go ahead and pull Caitlin in here. Um, Caitlin uh, Kelly is the Director of Marketing and Life Enrichment for Parks Place. And she comes to this position with a passion for dignity, quality of life, and enjoyment of life for those and with those 
with Alzheimer's disease. She originally connected with Jerry um, and the Parks' whole family through her work involving um, the University of Minnesota research study that Jerry participated in about three years ago. So welcome, Caitlin. How are you today? Thank you. I'm doing well. Now, have you been personally touched at all um, in your family or circle of friends with dementia? So uh, to answer that question, in my family, um, I don't have anyone in my family who personally has uh, the disease of Alzheimer's. But when you ask my circle of friends, I have to say yes, because uh, as you mentioned, I worked on a study at the University of Minnesota uh, involving um, the effects of aerobic exercise on people with Alzheimer's. And everyone who participated in that study truly became my friend. And that is how I met Jerry and then the entire Parks family. So I would have to say that I have 96 friends uh, personally touched by Alzheimer's and their entire families. Wonderful. Now, was that was that work mm -hmm. through Joe Gogler there at the U of M or was that? Uh, actually, not Joe Gogler. So Joe Gogler, he um, predominantly focuses on caregivers. Uh, but he mm -hmm. does many different studies. Um, he was in the School of Nursing for a long time, but then he actually moved to the School of Public Health. I was in the School of Nursing working for a different professor, um, Dr. Fong Yu. And so mm -hmm. I worked on uh, the study Jerry was in was called FIT-AD, and I worked on FIT-AD for about four and a half years. And so okay. I got to know um, Jerry and Karen and many other families over that time and really developed a strong passion for um, the quality of life and enjoyment of life for people with Alzheimer's because uh, one of the effects, and Karen and Jerry could testify to this, of the study, um, not just the aerobic, you know, the, the testing we did on um, the brain and cognition was that many of the people in the study uh, had a new friend, being myself, to talk to and spend time with and um, really would come home with uh, in a good mood and they were uh, felt purposeful uh, that they were participating in research and they often um, would come home excited to tell a story about what we talked about at uh, our exercise session that day and so um, seeing that people would kind of come alive and they were excited to do something um, really kind of touched me uh, deeply that we can provide enjoyment of life and help improve people's quality of life through um, simple interactions, you know, through exercise, through having a new friend. And so that's how I really became passionate about this. And Karen and her family saw that passion and they um, actually, it was kind of funny. Uh, they, uh, we connected uh, earlier this year at the meeting of the minds. That's the Minnesota, North Dakota chapter of the Alzheimer's Association's annual meeting. And Jerry had been finished with our study for about two years already. And I saw Karen there. So I ran over to give her a hug and she says, Hey, what do you think about working at Parks Place? <laughs> and so she kind of planted, <laughs> yeah. um, so she kind of planted a seed. Um, and then I actually saw her, maybe two or three months later at a different um, event. It was at a local YMCA, like a little health expo that was going on. And I saw her there. Uh, she and Jerry were there, a little booth for Parks Place. So I ran over to say hello. And um, so that's when Karen really was like, hey, 
we, we really want you to work at Parks Place. And so that's how um, I joined the Parks, uh, Parks Place team, and here I am today. <laughs> Okay. Well, sounds good. Well, I'm going to throw the yeah. next question over to uh, Karen because I, I would love, Karen, for you to tell our audience, you know, how did Parks Place even come about? I mean, most people, when they're dealing with dementia, the last thing they think about is we're going to build a community, you know, because their plate's pretty full. So I know you mentioned Jerry had a construction background and, and maybe that helped, but can you give us some, some background on that? Sure. Um, yeah, well, first of all, it was Jerry's vision to always be creating something for other people and to always be looking for things that people with Alzheimer's are still um, recognized as having capabilities. So he always is pushing and steering our family to to feel that and to reach out for that. And so as we were um, um, moving towards this, we, um, the kids, our, my children, decided this is our next step. We had, you know, we were out advocating. We started support groups early on. We, um, we've, um, like I said, we went out and, and did um, the research for, um, or testified for the Social Security Department, and so this when we started looking for uh, um, homes and new environments for um, down the line, what we would want, we didn't always find what we were looking for. And so my children just felt like, okay, let's step up to the plate. If it's not out there, let's make it ourselves. We had been experiencing so many different things. We felt like you know what, we know what's good and bad and ugly and other ones, and let's do the best we can to move forward and make this the best place it can be. So um, our goal was to create a place where the residents and their families felt welcome, and that's kind of a key piece because I, I feel like um, there were lots of times where families, the environment is not um, conducive to just really enjoying yourself when you're with your loved one. And so we really want our families to feel supported at Parks Place. And so I think that's one piece that really uh, makes us different. Um, Another goal is for us um, is to make our staff feel supported. Mm -hmm. And um, all of our employees are Parks Place employees. They're not um, outsourced to other facilities. And uh, we believe that if they feel a belonging and they will feel more like a family, that we will have our staff have a longevity, which as they get to know residents and if they stay on, that is the whole key to um, for residents to feel connected and have people who care about them and who know them. Um, I had, my mother was in a, um, in a home that um, the caregivers changed. Every few weeks we ended up with a new caregiver. And each time we had to retrain them to say to how to, how to wake my mother up and get her into the shower because some would just, you know, say it's shower time and get her up and she just sometimes would refuse. And then they'd tell us that she refused. And we actually had to bring in a caregiver 
a personal caregiver so that um, she could get her up in a nice, um, nicer way and say, uh, Marion, there's a nice hot shower waiting for you. And she just was able to just move with my mother. And that's what happens if you get to know the residents. Mm-hmm. And um, so the longevity of having um, staff is a key piece for us. Um, we're planning on having special training for um, for all of our staff. They will um, have a general orientation to, uh, to Parks Place, of course, and to dementia care and daily livings. But they'll also have technology training on our nurse call system, electronic medical records, the door control accesses, and all of our processes so that they feel um, well-trained and we're giving them the skills and needs that they have to be able to treat each individual special. Um, Along with that, we're wanting our families, like I said, to come in. Um, They're always welcome to come sit at our dinner tables. Uh, We want them to come in and be able to meet other families, which will then help them have support groups. It's an easy way. Once you meet one person that's sharing your journey, you have a very good in for having support because people who aren't on this journey have no idea the, the stressors that come with this journey. That's um, so true. So very true. Yeah, it's just, it's, you need one to know one, you know, and it's, um, so we're trying to make it a place for not only the residents, but also the family and the staff. And those three components, if we do that well, um, well, we may not be perfect, we will be as close as you can get to it. Well, you know, I, I love your philosophy, and maybe it's from coming from the family side, because, you know, I do a lot of training and stuff, and I just did one the other day, and I posed a question to my audience, because, you know, I'm a firm believer that most people are in crisis, and we have to get them to comfort, and I, you know, we talked about what would it be like if, you know, dealing with dementia was calm and comfortable? What would that do for your life? And I mean, people were just shocked, both professionals and families, in terms of, oh, my gosh, that just turns everything upside down. That makes it workable. That makes it, you know, doable instead of this this oppressing fear and um, angst that people feel. And so, I, mm-hmm. you know, I love, I love what you're doing. Um, I'm going to pull um, – Caitlin in and just see if she has anything she wants to add regarding, uh, you know, some of the unique features and, and um, amenities and, and programs that you have there. Caitlin, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. So, um, sure. I actually, uh, something, a little tidbit. Um, so Karen talking about how we truly want this to be the resident's home. Um, and so uh, just a, a small little story that stuck with me um, from the study I worked on. We were giving someone a ride home, and I said, all right, you know, it's time to head home. We'll we'll jump in the car and take you home. And he kind of just said, oh, you mean the home, because he was living in a memory care. And that really stuck with me that he he didn't think of that as his home. It was, quote, the home. And so we really want every resident and their family to feel that this is their home. This is where they live. And just the same way that you would go visit your parents or your grandparents or an aunt and uncle, and you would just, you know, walk in the door and say hello. 
uh, we want you to have feel that same empowerment to come visit your loved one at Parks Place. And so we, we really want to have that focus on the family being welcome to come participate in some activities or share a meal with us and really make them feel like it's their home. Um, I just met with a family not too long ago, and uh, somehow we got talking about um, his dad uh, getting a haircut. And I said, well, I don't even know how much a men's haircut would cost. And um, his son looked at me and said, well, I just do my own. And I said, well, you know what? This is your dad's home. So if you want to grab a stool and take it outside and with the clippers and give your dad a haircut, go right ahead. You know, this is his home. And so the same thing you might do at your own home to give your dad a haircut, you could do that here because this is where he lives. Um, this is his home. Uh, so we really want that to really um, come across to the families who are thinking about their loved one moving in with us. Is that truly their home? Um, that is such a huge, unique difference. I don't know if if you and Karen have ever um, heard of the butterfly model, but it's something over uh, overseas, and I don't believe there's any in the U.S., but they, they talk about you know, the vision of home and they've got this video that's just unbelievable because they, um, they call their residents family members. They, because they said they, you know, we are, we are all extended family to one another and their mm-hmm. approach is just very different and they don't, they, you know, over there, they, they are able to not even take staff breaks or they don't have private bathrooms or break rooms. Everything is communal and everyone is mm. comfortable with it because they have fun and they enjoy one another and they're, it's truly relationship based. And it sounds like that is really what you guys are focusing on is, is making everyone feel comfortable and at home in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the home that is, that is shared by, by everyone. Um, so that is really neat. Um, now, as far as programming, what type of um, programming will there be, uh, Caitlin? Sure. So uh, our activities program will be seven days a week, 365 days a year. So um, we'll offer a proprietary specialized memory care program that focuses on the abilities of our residents rather than the, the disabilities. So our activities will be things that they can do and be successful at doing. And our activities will be following the natural rhythm of the day for our residents, meaning they will start in the morning with their morning cares, getting up, you know, grooming, that sort of thing. And they'll continue throughout the entire day until um, evening cares and going to bed. And so the activity uh, will be the same every day. Um, or the routine, I should say, will be the same every day, but the activities within the routine will rotate. So for an example, every morning after breakfast, we'll do some sort of physical exercise. We call it morning moving and grooving. And so say Monday for morning moving and grooving, we might um, do bowling. And then Tuesday, it might be uh, beanbag toss, tic-tac-toe, but we'll do some sort of physical activity every morning right after exercise. And so we have this scheduled throughout the day with the same uh, routine um, to help provide stability for our residents because having a routine is essential for people with Alzheimer's. It helps provide a natural rhythm of the day to our residents, helps to reduce behaviors and agitation, and helps to improve their sleep at night. So our activity program is um, pretty robust (laughs) to make sure that we are keeping our residents active during the day, 
um, and help to provide the stability through routine for them. Um, and it's actually really great, you know, for my role as both the marketing, so making the connections with the families and doing the life enrichment. Um, it's really great that I have this, you know, good insight into our activity program because that's one of the main questions most people ask is they want to know what are we going to be doing to keep their loved one active and keep their quality of life um, as high as possible for them and keep them um, moving during the day. And, you know, what we don't want is someone spending all day in their bedroom alone using a TV as a companion. We, we want our goal is to get our residents out into our main living area and participating in our activities to help with that quality of life. Wonderful. Um, I'm going to mm -hmm. ask a, throw a question to Karen that I should have asked um, her in the beginning. And, and that was, um, Karen, if you can tell us a little bit about, you know, what size is, is uh, Parks Place? You know, how many, how many residents uh, can you handle? Oh, um, our home is, uh, has 30 bedrooms. Six of those bedrooms can be double rooms, um, so a couple could uh, share it, or sometimes um, there are residents who do better with a roommate, and so they could, um, two people, two women who are two sisters might be able to share um, a room. But so it's a total of 36 residents, but um, 30 rooms Okay, um, is the size. Yep. Wonderful. And are those um, in like wings or can you kind of um, explain the, the layout? Sure. Um, it's, um, the whole home is designed to be kind of an executive home. Um, it, you walk in and there's a formal dining room that um, is sits, that's right in front along with a little sitting area that has a um, electric fireplace so people can sit and enjoy the ambiance of a um, nice little sitting area and then you uh, go forward into the into the home and there's a residential kitchen and that mm -hmm. kitchen is all um, has all the amenities that anyone would have in their kitchen it's controlled so there won't be any safety needs the oven and stoves and Things cannot be turned on by residents without staff uh, working with them, but it is available for families who might want to come in and make a pan of brownies with their loved one. And this nice residential kitchen, is they're able to do that. It's also an area where during the day, if um, a, a woman or, or man is did used to do things in the kitchen, the drawers will have um, their silverware drawers and our towels and different things that they can utilize the kitchen. They can wipe down and wash off the kitchen counter or sort the silverware. It's their kitchen. Um, and then um, there's the dining room area that um, they will have sit at tables together and eat as a family. And also our living room that will have a, fi a gas fireplace where the warmth in the Minnesota winters will be able to be felt while they're sitting and enjoying a, a moment in the living room. And then we have a beautiful three-sided um, all glass uh, sunroom in the back 
that, um, again, is another space. That space is open into this living room area, but it also has um, big barn doors that, but, um, that can be closed, so that could have an activity in that area while the main room has another. And then on both sides are the residence rooms, and so there's um, 15 rooms on one end and 15 rooms on the other. Down the core, there is um, some of the services, our health hub, so that our nurses have spots um, that they can work. And we have a um, lovely spa that has a um, fast-fill tub and heat lamps and um, for people to have um, baths. It's an, it opens at the back, so even people at the very late stages, if they're needing to have Hoyer lifts to move them from a wheelchair into a bed or whatever, they can actually um, be able to use this fast-fill tub and enjoy a soak in the tub. Um, unlike uh, many of them that have side entry tubs, those you can't do that with. And um, uh, we have a salon for um, where they will be able to have their hair cut and, and nails done. And But mostly it's the wings of a of bedroom. So each resident has their own bedroom, their own bathroom with their own private shower. And um, but it's a bedroom, and we're encouraging everybody to come out and join us in the in the main room to be part of the family. Wonderful, thank you. I'm going to see if Caitlin has anything else that she wants to add in there. Um, it sounds like some some lovely amenities. Uh, Caitlin, anything yeah. that you wanted to add? Yeah. So Karen touched on a lot of our amenities and features. Um, and so one thing that Karen uh, didn't mention was all the natural light. So there's, I mean, she uh, kind of alluded to it with the sunroom and all the windows, um, but there's so much natural light that pours into the main um, activity area. We call it the great room um, where the uh, living room and dining room are all located. Um, but when I go and visit and stop in to see the progress on the building, there really aren't any lights on, but it's extremely well lit due to all the windows and the natural sunlight pouring in. Um, the, it's been well designed and well organized um, for people specifically with dementia. So one thing um, that our architect um, helped advise us with was actually the paint color. So as Karen said, there's um, on either side of the main activity area in the great room, um, each wing is painted a different color. And we learned that um, with dementia and as we age, our eyes actually yellow. So colors can appear to be more similar than they really are. So the paint colors on each wing have been specifically chosen so that our uh, residents will be able to distinguish where they are based on paint color um, in our uh, building. And another thing um, is that, uh, and I wish I uh, could show you <laughs> um, uh, a footprint of our building, but all our hallways lead back to the main area. So if you can think of maybe a figure eight 
Um, so if you if you're someone who walks a lot or wanders and you start walking down a hallway, it will bring you right back around to the to the central area. So you can't get stuck at the end of a hallway. Um, but if you're looking, if you're at one hallway and looking across, the hallways are offset from each other across from the main room. And so that you don't see the entire length of the hallway. When you look from say one end of the hallway looking in towards the central area, you'll just see the central area. You won't see the hallway on the opposite side again. And that was specifically designed again for people with dementia, which is a really neat feature and touch uh, of this building. Um, but Karen really touched on most of our amenities and features. Um, like she said, in the, in the resident rooms, they each have a, a bathroom with a toilet and a shower. And we have um, queuing lights in each bathroom. So there'll be a light shining on the toilet so that our residents um, are able to find it easier at night. Um, the, like, I, like Karen said, the heat lamp above the tub. So it um, helps you stay nice and warm. Um, we have chef prepared meals. Um, so we have Chef Craig who is on board with us and he uh, is going to have alternate dishes available at each meal in case a resident or guest um, doesn't want or cannot eat the meal being served. Um, he has about five options for every meal that will be available um, every single day if you don't like or you're not able to eat uh, the meal that's being served and they all sound amazing. <laughs> um, so uh, alternate uh, selections include eggs to order, omelets, and a variety of different hot cereals for breakfast. Uh, for lunch and dinner, he has burgers, herb-seasoned um, herb seasoned, uh, grilled chicken salads, club sandwiches, grilled cheese melts, um, fresh fruit, and more for lunch and dinner. So they're really, the meals, again, are going to be um, really something that you want to eat um, are going to taste good uh, and so our residents will be uh, looking forward to those meals um, and also we have a grand piano so uh, in our dining room uh, area um, near our sunroom we'll have a grand piano um, used for entertainment um, so we'll have that in place um, and one thing that we are thinking about um, is possibly having a support group for families of our residents that we might be able to host at Parks Place. And we're still kind of working on um, the idea of that and possibly putting that together. So we are really um, you know, trying to do as much as we can in our space for our families and residents. Okay, um, question for you on the meals, is that going to be dining room style or cafeteria style? for for food um so they will be plated meals that are served to our residents um, okay so yeah so not yeah it's not like a cafeteria where we'll have a tray mm -hmm. and be walking through a line um, so the meals will be served to our residents in our dining room okay great and then a couple mm -hmm. other things i just noted on um you, you know your one sheet was and i i love this that there's a garage for vehicle access to unpack you know, during mm -hmm. resident move-ins and stuff. That is just so smarter if the weather is encumbered and, and stuff yeah. here in Minnesota. That's really, that was really a smart addition there. Yeah, with, you know, Minnesota, it's going to be cold and snowy and rainy, um, you know, for four to five months minimum out of the year. So 
uh, we want uh, people to be able to move in safely and not have their belongings, say, get rained on or snowed on. So, yeah, our garage um, is big enough for a U-Haul to be able to back in. Um, okay. So that's a really nice touch, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, that's good. And then it looks like there's a, a covered front porch in addition to the, the sun porch off the back. Is that correct? Yep. And yes, in the front, um, we have a beautiful front porch. I just stopped in yesterday and they had um, put up uh, a lot of the um, finishing trim and everything on the front porch and it looks beautiful. Um, so yes, we have the front porch and we're going to have some furniture out there. So with a staff member, a resident can come sit on the front porch there is an elementary school and park right across the street from us with some baseball fields right in our, you can see it perfectly from our front porch. So if a resident wants to sit on the front porch and watch the kids play baseball right across the street, they're able to do that. So yeah, it's a really nice, beautiful front area of our building. Right. And then I know you had mentioned family can cut hair, but there's also going to be a salon for hair and nails for uh, men and women. Um, mm -hmm. at, at Parks Place too. So wow, that's that's a lot. That is fantastic. Were there any other amenities that you wanted to um, wanted to mention, or did we cover most of them? I think I I think we covered most of them between Karen and myself. Um, I'm sure mm -hmm. you know maybe in an hour from now we'll be oh shoot I forgot to mention you know this one thing. Um, mm -hmm. But I think Karen and I mentioned pretty much all of our amenities and features of our building. Okay, sounds good. Mm -hmm. um, Karen, I'm going to ask you if you don't mind. Um, people are always interested in, um, you know, levels of care and how is that assessed and, you know, will there, will like the two wings of the building hold different levels of people with, you know, different progressions of the disease or uh, how's that going to, how's that going to work? Um no, in in our home, everybody is going to be family, and uh, we strongly believe that um, when a resident moves in and decorates their bedroom, that as their um, abilities change, that we're not going to take them up out of their bedroom and move them to a different wing. They're able to mm -hmm. live in their room and be supported in their room um, their entire stay. So mm -hmm. um, there's not a higher wing and a lower wing. It's just everyone will be in um, their rooms and be treated as individuals and their cares will be taking, taken no matter what, what side of the um, room they're in. Um, okay. We do, yeah, we, we do have um, four levels of care and um, one of the things that we found in our journey is that um, the, tr the pricing and the different care models are so frustrating because they're different and there's no way to compare them between different communities or it's very difficult to compare an apple-to-apple -apple comparison. So we are trying very hard to be very transparent with our pricings and um, how we um, how we place uh, the the resident. So every resident, when they come to us, will be given a um, an assessment 
by one of our RNs, and each item, um, each different skill and different things that are that they're able to do, um, are given points. Um, the, and through those points, the level of care that they need are um, are then placed into these four care levels so that they have appropriate support that's um, being delivered to foster their success. Um, for example, you know, one resident may need only reminders to brush their teeth or another resident might need full hands-on help to um, do brushing of their teeth or one resident may not have any medications and another resident may need medication several times during the day. So um, the, the different points for those things are put together and then each individual has a individual plan. It's placed in, at four different levels. And so families know that all of their needs will be handled um, with with that level of care. So um, they get their personal care as well as um, the, the three meals a day and snacks. They get housekeeping services and personal laundry done every week and as needed. Um, their personal care toiletries and their household items um, are provided, like their shampoo and face and body soap, uh, deodorant, toothpaste, and incontinence uh, products are provided um, if that's needed. Um, we don't, many places have incontinence supplies that are a la carte, so to speak, and you have to pay extra for those. And, and so you, so families um, or other things that are a la carte, so families think that they're paying a certain price but then these a la carte things are added on and they can add up to a lot. And so um, pretty soon they're paying way more than what they think their level of care is. So we're trying to be very transparent. Um, we're, it's an all-inclusive when what all their needs are handled um, at each of the levels of care. Wonderful. Um, you know, one thing I didn't ahead. ask you was um, in terms of uh, furnishings, um, are those supplies mm -hmm. like bed and dresser or is that family brings in? Because I know a lot of families like to be able to bring in their own things, so it's a little bit more familiar. And others, others, you know, like it to have it provided. So how does that work with you guys? Um, our rooms are um, are empty so that parents, so that families can bring in their loved ones' special things um, and set up the room so that they have their personal pieces to um, make it their, their, make it special. Of course, there's always options that um, people could, you know, rent furnishings or whatever to bring in if they, if the family doesn't have that. But um, for the most part, we want it to be their room. So we are not giving them um, sterile um, furniture. It's, it's for them. Um, yeah, the the room has lots of specialty special pieces. Like we do have motion detectors, so that um, our nurses will be able to see in the middle of the night if if someone is up and moving around a room, 
So we have special uh, uh, special equipment and things, night lights, and like uh, Caitlin mentioned, the queuing light to get them to the toilet. Uh, we have huge, beautiful windows for daylight, and um, there's Wi-Fi and all of that in the building. So. Um, okay. But yes, families are encouraged to bring their loved ones special things. Okay. When it comes to the assessment process, I'm assuming that that happens prior to anybody moving in. How how does that process work? Do you go to them or do they have to come to you? Um, and about how long no, does that take? Um, well, to be honest, I'm not positive how long it takes to, um, if it's an hour or, or what, but we do, we go out to the, um, to the families. Um, you know, there's an initial um, assessment to kind of give people the idea of where they would be, but then everybody uh, right before, um, before coming in would be given a, full assessment and so everyone knows exactly where um, the family member would fall in the four levels of care. Um, mm -hmm. It's really important for our staff to make sure that they're giving the right level of support so that every resident can feel successful at um, and family members can feel that their loved one's needs are being addressed. So it's very personalized. And, okay. Um, yes. Wonderful. Um, anything else that you want to add before we give people contact information, Karen? And then I'll, I'll ask Caitlin if she has anything to add too. So. Um, I just think um, the one thing that I, that makes us different is in so many homes, um, the developer goes in and builds something and then it is pretty much um, outsourced all the care. Whereas with us, we are building this, this is our home. Our family members will be in this home. Um, we will be a presence in the home. Um, it's, it's, going to, it's being built for family. And um, I think that's a huge piece of it that um, We've been on the journey, we get it, we know it, um, what we've seen and what, how to make things different and we're always striving to, to do that. So I think that's the one thing that is really important to us and that we just would invite everybody to come to our grand opening and see us. Um, right. It's, the grand opening is on the 13th, October 13th. We have a ribbon cutting at 1230 and open house from one to four. Okay, sounds great. I have one one last question to ask. I, I'm wondering uh -huh. if I had met you guys. If you did, you and Jerry ever speak at the um, regions, you know, research breakfast at all their fundraiser? Because I was thinking that I, I might have met you. Yeah, hospital for their, you know, where they do their brain donations with Dr. Fry and and Leah Hansen. Mm. Maybe no, but we did. Though. We talked. We talked at the Alina. Alina mm -hmm. had a. Um, they had a uh, seminar for an all day when they were trying to become more Alzheimer's friendly and trying to find out ways that their staff and their doctors and their nurses could reach out and make a difference for Alzheimer's. And we were the 
uh, keynote speakers for that piece of it to 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 um, have a face on reality of what Alzheimer's looks like, and it doesn't necessarily okay. it's not necessarily um, old people. We have lots of them from 50 year olds on that are yeah. needing this. So yeah, we we did speak there. Yeah, well, and there's even people in their 20s and 30s, and some kids get oh. diagnosed with dementia now. So it's the face yes. has definitely changed, yes. and people people definitely need to understand that. Well, thank you so much, Karen. I I'm just so appreciative of of what you and Jerry and your family are are taking on um, to make a difference in all the work that you have done. Um, Caitlin, I'm going to go ahead and pull you in and just see if there's any last mm-hmm. comments that you want to make um, regarding uh, Park Slice. Sure. Um, The only last thing I have to say is that um, we feel so honored to be working. And when I say we, I say myself and the other staff members um, to be working with the Parks family on this project. Um, Their their, um, intention of building a home for Jerry and everything is so pure and out of love for their family member. Um, And it really comes across you know as us as staff we feel like we're part of the parks family and we want um, you know to be able to share that with our residents and the families of the people moving into parks place that is this is really out of of love and good intentions and just trying to provide the best support um, as people are moving through this stage of life Wonderful. Well, thank you. Now, again, to get a hold of them, you can go to their website, Parks, and that's with an S at the end, ParksPlaceMemoryCare.com, ParksPlaceMemoryCare.com, or you can email Caitlin at K-A-I-T-L-I-N dot Kelly at C-A-S-S-I-A life.org and these links are all on the show page there um, for you and you can also find them on Facebook by just putting in Parks Place Memory Care or you can call them at 763-710-8484 that's 763-710-8484 and their location is 
Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.